1 Corinthians 6, 9 is what I'm going to read from. I'm going to go through 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this Lord's Day. Lord, we come to you, the good and gracious Father that gives us life. For that we are grateful, Lord, and I just ask for your blessing here tonight. Lord, let this not be about me and not about my story, but what you have done in my life and how you have transformed this wretched man that I am. Lord, please help each and every one here take from this what you will for them. And Lord, help this all be for your glory. Let it shine a light on the power of Jesus Christ and his redeeming work on the cross. And Lord, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need Jesus Christ. We all need a Savior. And Lord, I hope from this tonight that hearts will be changed and everyone's trust in the Savior will grow. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I chose that text tonight because of what it said there. And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, I was one of the people on this list. My life was once defined with what you read on this list. I grew up in a pretty typical life. Grew up in Rochester. My parents, they were married for our entire life. It was pretty normal. The one thing that was a little different was that my parents were like oil and water. That is, that they didn't mix. They argued all the time, most of my life. And they really struggled to see eye to eye. And this really caused turmoil in our, ho- our home from the youngest age. My mother was a professing Christian, and she would make sure to take us kids to church every single week. You know, I heard all the Bible stories. I heard, I learned the Lord's Prayer. I was often told how I, how I needed to live. I was taught the Ten Commandments. But I didn't know that I was a sinner. I had no knowledge that I needed a Savior. I even at times said the sinner's prayer. And I would say I've said, I said it multiple times as a child. But I knew in my heart that I was just reciting the words that I was told to recite. And that it never really meant anything to me. I did not know Jesus. And I did not know that I needed a Savior. My dad, on the other hand, he would not go to church. He refused. And he decided in his heart that he would never step foot in a church building. And he did just that during our childhood. My dad never attended church while I was a kid. I loved my dad and I looked up to him. I idolized him. I wanted to be like him. One time we, I went to the eye doctor and I was saddened afterwards when I learned that I had perfect eyes. I was sad because I so badly wanted glasses because my dad had glasses. 
This is how desperately I wanted to be like my dad. But I needed a dad that would lead. A dad that is explained in Ephesians 5. A father that would lead his house as God would have him lead. That would love his wife sacrificially. And listen, I don't blame my dad for the choices I made in life. I don't blame him for any of the sins that I committed. I was the one that chose those sins. But now, as I look back, I see how important it is to have a father that's willing to do things God's way and not his way. And so as I grew older, my heart grew harder. I started to become antagonistic towards my mother. And I had no desire to go to church, to be a Christian, or to pray. And for that matter, to even listen to my parents. The rebellion in my heart grew. And I started to say things, both in my heart and to people. Why should I have to go to church? What is the point? If my dad doesn't go, why should I have to go? And by the time I was in high school, I was a hard-hearted, angry young man. I did not respect my parents. I had no clue who God was. And if I ever went to church, I refused to do anything. (laughs) I would do nothing the pastor asked. I wouldn't greet anybody. My mom often wanted me to be baptized. I said, absolutely not. I would not take the cup or the bread. I refused to be prayed for. I was bitter and angry, and I was in love with my sin. When I went to church, it would make me so angry. And oftentimes I would leave, I would be mad, and I wouldn't want to go back. And I really believed that the anger inside of me was all rooted in the fear that who I truly was inside would be exposed, the darkness in my heart. And at this age, I really would do whatever it took to fit in. This was my God, to be popular, to be cool. And from a young age, I started to participate in drinking and sexually immoral behavior. And these are the two sins that really plagued my life for a long time, many more years than I care to recount. By this time, I was fully devoted to the sins of the world, and that is what I loved. I loved my friends. I wanted to be accepted by them. It drove my life. I loved what I had in the world. I wanted to be the cool kid. It was my everything. And looking back, I see now that my God was myself, and my idol was the praise of others. I desired to have the honor from men not from God. And I was hostile towards my parents and towards God. Looking back in my life, I see that I was defined by verses like in Romans 8. In Romans 8, 7, it says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And this truly defined the man that I was. I was hostile towards God. I was an angry young man. I was selfish and I was often defensive when people would give me pushback. And I hurt many people in my life. And I really just didn't care. And after I graduated high school and then I went on to college and then soon graduated from college. I got a great job and I was making more money than normal kids my age would have been making. 
And really, by this time in my life, I had made a false god in my head. And this was a God that would always forgive me no matter what my sin was. And He never would expect me to repent of my sin. He would never expect me to turn away from my sin. He would love me unconditionally. And I knew that I would be able to reason with Him on the day of judgment to let me into heaven. I believed that I was a good person and that God would always forgive me. I had no need of a Savior. I had no reason to trust in Jesus. I had no reason to believe in Him because like I said... The God of my head would have forgiven me. He never would have sent me to hell. And on top of that, even if I stood before God, I believed that I would be able to reason with Him and convince Him to let me into heaven. And so as you can see, this was so far away from the God of the Bible. And at this time in my life, I was in a relationship, and I had my daughter... As you know her, Emma. And I love my daughter, but I had no idea how to be a dad. And oftentimes I was making the exact same mistakes that my father made. I didn't know how God would want me to lead. I had no idea of how to be a dad. And I was still selfish and struggling in the sins of the world. Soon after, much heartache and pain, that relationship ended and I was no longer with Emma's mother. My life was a mess, but I did still have a good job. And by this time, I was living in Rochester, and I had a house there, but I was by myself. And every other weekend, I would see my daughter. But at this point in time in my life, I was in a downward spiral. And I was driven down into deeper, darker sin, into depression, into many addictions, and I was a sexually immoral drunkard. I was a slave to sin. But the one bright spot in my life was my daughter. I actually wanted Emma to go to church. And if anybody was to ask me, why would you want your daughter to go to church? I would say to you, because I don't want her to be like me. I knew that people in church were better than me. And that's where I wanted her to go so she would not be like her dad. And so every single time I had her, even though I might have gotten drunk the night before, I would take her to church. And I was going to a mega church there in Warsaw. And sometimes my mom would go with us. And we would hear the message. And I would hear the message of the gospel. And I would hear Jesus Christ. And I would hear it over and over again. And I would leave the church and I would be angry. Again, angry. And my mom one time asked me, Matt, why are you so angry after you leave church? And my response is, Mom, when I hear the message, I know I need God. I know I need to live for Him, but I can't. Because I love my life, and I love my sin. And I knew it. I knew in my heart to receive Christ, to be His, would mean that I had to lose my entire life. And I was not willing to do so. So I always went out with my friends. I was always partying. And like I said, sometimes the very night before I would take my daughter to church. That's what I would do. And when I went to church, I hid my true identity. No one there knew the true Matt, but I did. I knew what I hid. And I sunk deeper and further into depression. And I often would turn to alcohol to relieve the pain. I often did not care whether I lived or died. I was reckless. I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but I would say 
that if I lived or if I died, I did not care. My life was completely meaningless. And I mean this, truly. In John 3.19, it speaks of really what my life was like. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And in John 3.20, it says, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. And this defined my life. The reason I would get angry after church, the reason was because the light there exposed my darkness. And I was under God's judgment because I loved the darkness rather than the light. But now, when I look back, I see that God was planting the seeds of truth in my heart. And He was setting me on a path to repentance. And soon, in my future, I would be on my knees begging Him for forgiveness. And after being a single dad for many years, God brought a gift into my life. A gift that I was not expecting, that I did not deserve. My sister Sandy, she's my oldest sister, had a baby. He's my name's, his name's Chase. He's my nephew. And he was born at 26 weeks old, so he had to be rushed to the NICU. And he was there for quite some time. And there, Sandy started a relationship with a nurse. And that nurse would become my wife, Abby. And so Sandy started the conversation, the dialogue that Abby should meet her brother. And her and I were actually both not really into the idea of getting set up. Her, because I was five years younger than her. Sorry about that, sweetie. <laughs> and me, because I just was really content with my life and didn't want to be in any type of relationship. But I love telling this story, and I'm going to tell it, and it will probably embarrass her a little bit. So we both didn't want to meet one another, but one time I went down to meet my nephew, Chase. And I tell this story because she's so much better looking than me, and I must have been better looking when she met me, because <laughs> when she first saw me, she then asked Sandy if I was her brother, and then showed interest in me, so I must have been a better looking man then than I am now. And with that, I finally contacted her, and we went on a first date. And this is something, it's not out of the movies, this truly happened. I knew after our first date that her and I would be married. And soon enough, we would be married. But first, unfortunately, God was not a priority in our life, and His ways were not our ways. And so her and I lived in sin, not according to God's way, but according to our ways. And so you can see that I was still an unrepentant sinner that had no knowledge of who God was. I had no knowledge that I needed a Savior. And though I hid the fact that I was a dark man from her, this started to come out in our young relationship. I would often be drunk and I would often sin and I would hurt her and her boys. And this caused so much pain and heartache in our, our house. And I see now that it was so difficult because God was bringing this hard-hearted, stiff-necked man to repentance. And after some very shameful things that I did that hurt my family, 
And I can admit, I, I would think that Abby at this point in time in her life is thinking, what have I done? I have left everything. I have moved with this man. We have now gotten married by this point. And he is nothing of what I thought he was. I've left everything with my boys. And I'm here. And I don't know if I can continue. I don't know if I can go on. And listen, she would have had every right. And she would have been actually... It would have been biblical for her to leave me at any time because of the sins that I was committing in our marriage. And one night I hurt her so bad, and it was rooted in sexual immorality, and I believe it was adultery of the heart. And she would not forgive me, and I couldn't handle it. I didn't know why she couldn't forgive me. I expected her to have the same morals as me. I expected her to forgive me, and she would not do so. And she went to bed that night, and the kids went to bed, and I stayed up. I couldn't sleep. I didn't know why she wouldn't forgive me. And that night I was so broken and overwhelmed by my sin. It is a night that I will never forget. It is the night that I cried out to God. It is the night that I begged Him on that night to forgive me. And on that night, I have no idea if I understood the gospel perfectly. I have, under, I have no idea if I prayed the exact right prayer. I don't know exactly what took place that night. But I knew on that night, God granted me repentance of my sins. I knew on that night that I had been running my whole life, that I had been blaming every single person in my life for my problems. But on that night, I knew that I was the problem and that I needed God's forgiveness. On that night, I begged God to save me, to change me. And I told him on that night I was never going back. If I was never going to party again, I was never going to drink again, I was letting go completely of my old life. And by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, he has given me that ability to do so. And for the first time in my life, I opened my Bible. I would say, I mean, I probably opened it a few times as a kid, but I have no recollection of anything that I read as a child. And the Bible that I actually had was a youth study Bible from when I was in middle school. <laughs> and I had it in my house. I don't really even know how it got there. But I opened it up and I started reading in the book of Matthew. And I was shocked at what I found. I was shocked at the, who, the person of who Jesus was. I was shocked at his claims. And Abby can tell you, I'd often come running out of our room and saying, have you read this? Have you heard what Jesus has said? And I couldn't even believe it. I heard of the seeds on the path. I heard of how Jesus expects us to honor him before men and that he would both deny us before the Father if we denied him before men. And I read his words and they were radical. And as I got to the book of Romans, my life truly changed forever. And I read verses like in Romans 3.10 that none is righteous, no, not one. I read in Romans 3.20 that no one would be justified by the works of the law. I read in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I read in Romans 3.24 that we are justified by grace as a gift from God through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I read in Romans 6.23 that the wages of my sin that defined my life was death. And that is eternal death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And when I read Romans 10 for the first time, 
I read it over and over again. And in 10.9 it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified, and with your, your mouth one confesses and is saved. And I read that, and I read that, and I prayed, and I was forever a changed man. And then I started listening to better preachers, more biblical teachers, preachers that would talk about the holiness of God and how mighty God is and His justice and His mercy. And I started to realize my need for a substitute. I started to realize how sinful I was and what hope do I have in myself to be saved? I need someone outside of me to save me. And I remember very vividly reading or hearing this preacher talk about this this instance of what would you say to God when you got to heaven? And instantly in my heart, as a young man that has always thought that I was a good person, I would say, it's because I'm, it's because I'm good. I, God, I deserve to be here because I'm good. And then he furthered the question and say, what if God said, why do you deserve to be here? And again, my answer in my heart is, because I'm good, God. But as he continued to spoke, speak, he said, that our righteousness could never earn heaven. That our good works are like filthy rags in God's eyes. And that we need someone to take our place. And that what you must say to God is when He says, why do you deserve to be here? Is Jesus Christ. It's what He has done on the cross. And Abby can tell you the story that I came home and I told her this. I said, we need Jesus. We need Jesus Christ to take our place. And I knew that I needed a substitute. I knew I needed my debt paid. I I knew at that moment in my life that I needed Jesus. It was no longer by Matt's works. It was no longer by my good deeds. And listen, I, I was hopeless in myself. I had lived a sinful life. What hope did I have? To, re- to, receive Christ, to receive eternal life. At this point in my life, I knew that I had to hope in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And then I learned that He was sinless. I learned that He was the Lamb of God. I learned that He lived a life that I could not have possibly lived. I learned that He died the death that I deserved. He took my punishment on His shoulders. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 really summed it up for me and became a verse that I read over and over again. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. I trusted in Jesus Christ. I was born again. I was forever changed. My heart of stone taken out, and I was given a heart of flesh. That first year after being saved, my whole life changed. Our whole household changed. Our marriage changed. God freed me for so many addictions that was in my life. Alcohol, nicotine, pornography, they were instantly gone. By the grace of God, they were no longer in my life. I started to lead my house as the way God would have me lead it. I started to look to what's God's will for my family, not Matt's will. No longer did I say sayings like, do as I say, not as I do. And I could just see that God was changing me. My friends that I used to hang out with, that I used to party with and get drunk with, they thought I joined a cult. (laughs) 
I left that life behind forever. <laughs> and I assure you, I did not join a cult. I found the thirst-quenching living water of Jesus Christ. I found the bread from heaven. I trusted in Christ. He became my everything, my identity. I wanted nothing more in this life than to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. He saved a sinner like me. And amazing grace truly became my anthem for my life. I could not believe the grace that I had received in Jesus Christ. And listen, I still fall short of the glory of God. And I still fall short daily of the glory of God. I am by no means a perfect man. And Abby and I by no means have a perfect marriage. But we live redeemed lives. We live as new creations in Christ. We live with a hope that we, I once never imagined that I ever would have. I hope in Christ. And while I am far from a perfect man, I am a redeemed man. And I seek to live for Him. There is no sin too great for Jesus Christ. There is no sinner too far that cannot find forgiveness in Jesus Christ. We all need a substitute. Jesus Christ is that substitute. Repent of your sins and call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this Lord's Day. Lord, thank You for Your transforming power and the work that You've done in me, a sinner. Lord, let each and every one of us display that transforming power by the works of our life. Let us show the world how powerful and gracious and loving and merciful You are, God. Let each and every one of us bring glory to Your name. In Jesus' name, Amen.